Hello, um, my name is Jeremiah Miller, and I have decided to watch a presentation by Yolo Akili Robinson on Black masculinity in America. Um, and I will be talking about Black masculinity in America and how, how it intersects with the queer experience, the Black queer experience, how those things cannot be um, divided by one another, and also how W.E.B. Du Bois's concept of double consciousness can be applied to this group of people and their shared experiences. Um, and I will be discussing how gender socialization is traumatizing, how um, even people who are not within these groups are affected by patriarchal and white supremacist expectations, um, and how also how they uphold those within themselves and with others within their community, and how other communities aid in this shared oppression. First, uh, let's cover some basic history. I won't go too far into it, but it is important to consider the context that slavery has when discussing current Black American issues. Um, our current view of masculinity is heavily informed by colonial histories. The patriarchal ideals are a direct result of colonial um, exercise of dominance by largely Europeans over other peoples. And slavery was an ex was a show of dominance of white people, mainly white European colonists, over black bodies, both male, female, and ch children, adults, all of the above. Um, and so a lot of learned ideals of masculinity can be traced back to uh, the ideal of doing some of the same things that slave, white slave owners did, um, showing dominance, ex whether it's by using violence or by using um, terror or other forms of control over others, specifically over women, over black people, over oneself. Um, so it's important to remember this and to remember that the view of masculinity that we have in America is directly tied to power imbalances and uses of violence. Um, so even current ideas of masculinity in America are often um, hinging on repressing things and performing gender. So repressing emotion repressing vulnerability, repressing connectedness, repressing community, um, and performing strength, performing dominance, performing uh, sexual prowess, performing um, an untouchable facade. Uh, not to say that there are no admirable qualities of masculinity, masculinity or specifically black masculinity, such as a dedication to work ethic, um, a dedication to 
providing for one's family, a dedication to self-betterment, um, a dedication to resilience. Uh, however, even these admirable components of mainstream masculinity are often thought to be exclusive. They are thought to be unobtainable for women, for gay people, for queer people, for trans people, um, which clearly is not true. There are many women, gay people, queer people, anybody who can have strong work ethic, who can be decisive, who can be assertive. Um, so it should be noticed that even positive aspects of masculinity tend to be exclusive in some way or restrictive in some way towards somebody. Sometimes even the men that it is expected of, often even the men that it is, it is expected of, specifically black men, that expectation is seen much stronger than it is in white men. The expectation to be strong, the expectation to be untouchable, um, the expectation to uphold your gender presentation, to not go out of the lines of what we consider to be male, what we consider to be masculine. And the repercussions for going outside of those lines are generally stronger for black men than they are for white men. Um, think if a white man were to paint his nails, he may be seen as artistic or creative, um, but not necessarily automatically gay or homosexual or weak. However, if a black man were, were to paint his nails, he may be seen immediately as gay, as um, as weak, as feminine. Um, and so the main issue with gender socialization is that it is bound to be traumatizing because it has to be intrusive. It has to be pushed by oneself and by others. And um, it is not optional. And so if it is not optional and you do not fit within it, you are suddenly being forced to do something. You are suddenly being forced to change yourself. And then you have to change others as a form of coping. You have literally been traumatized by being forced into a particular box. Um, and that traumatization leads to isolation. A lot of uh, American systems hinge on isolation as a tactic to uphold themselves. Capitalism isolates both the consumer and the worker. Um, racism isolates individuals through systemic oppression. It breaks communities down. We saw during slavery the white effort to make sure that black community was not built, that black culture was not present, and that black families were broken apart because they knew the power of community. They knew the power of strength in numbers. They knew the power of connection, and they wanted to target that. Um, I would argue that capitalism also knows the power of connection and actively pushes the idea of the American individual um, because capitalism would fall apart if people were to recognize the power in community and connectedness. Um, and isolation, with it, when it comes to men, specifically black men, um, including black queer men and black queer people who participate in masculinity, uh, 
Isolation can lead to anger, resentment, depression, substance abuse, violence, and it feeds off of hostility. Um, hostility is something that is known very intimately to many black people, specifically black men who have already been demonized as aggressive, as a threat by the rest of society, specifically black queer people who have already been outcasted as monsters and have already been othered, um, have already been identified as being out of the norm and against general quote unquote morality. And so all of these uh, symptoms are present and they come from the same sickness and that is patriarchy, that is white supremacy, that is um, class, that is racism, um, that is misogyny, that is homophobia, that is transphobia. And it is seen in almost every single group of Americans, period. However, the symptoms are different. The way that we see the symptoms of gendered socialization and its trauma manifest in black straight men is going to be different than we see how it manifests in black gay men and different than how we see it manifest in black queer people. And it's different than how we see it manifest in black women, in white women, in white men, in white queer people. Um, but it is all ultimately the same cause, right? And I mentioned that I was going to tie in W.B. Du Bois's concept of double consciousness. So double consciousness is the idea that as a black American, you are both black and American. They are separate, but also parallel. You experience them both at the same time. So you both can see others. You can see white America, but you also have to see yourself because it becomes a point of survival to be able to see what the white people around you are seeing. Um, whereas white Americans are simply Americans. They see America. They see everybody else around them, but they do not see themselves from an outside perspective because they have not been forced to. Um, the concept of double consciousness can most definitely be reapplied to non-Black groups and reconsidered and used However, I am only going to be using it to describe the, the ex experience of black men and black masculine presenting people and black queer people and how it interacts with their interaction with others, with themselves, with identity and with masculinity in this podcast. So basically, um, if you are a black queer person, if you are a black queer man specifically, you're going to have three different identities going. You have your black identity, which in the grand scheme of America is generally seen as powerless. Uh, you are at a lower social standing automatically. You are already dealing with stereotypes that you may be lazy or poor or uneducated. Then you have the, the, the identity of man, the masculine identity, which is supposed to be seen as powerful, um, as equipped, as adept, as able, um, whether that's financially, uh, emotionally strong. Um, your ability to dominate others is important. 
So we have the idea, the identity of blackness, which is seen as powerless, the identity of man, which is seen as powerful, and then we have the identity of queer, which you could simplify, simplify it and say it is also just seen as powerless, which is true. However, I think it's important to, to mention that it's also seen as other. It is seen as othered, it is seen as monstrous, it is seen as dangerous. Um, similarly to how black men historically have always been seen as something other than men, something unto themselves. Um, so you have a dual identity there of being stripped of power by virtue of being black, but by virtue of being a black man, you are seen as threatening, you are seen as aggressive, you are seen as overtly sexual, um, regardless of if you are any of those things. So those are contradicting identities, right? But they all um, act nonetheless. So double consciousness in the context of being black and queer means you are both able to see yourself as you are, as a black person, as a queer person, but you also have to see what others are seeing. So you have to see that monster, you have to see that other, you have to see that threat. And often it would make sense for people to internalize those ideas, right? Um, so there's a quote that's mentioned in the YouTube video um, by Claudia Rankin, and it goes as such, quote, blackness in the white imagination has nothing to do with black people, end quote. I found this quote to be very interesting and very poignant to the topics at hand, primarily because um, black expect expectations of black people have been historically created and pushed by white people, especially by white people who have not come in contact with black people, who do not view black individuals as people, um, but simply view them as black bodies, simply view them as concepts, simply view them in fear. Um, so it's very interesting to consider the fact that none of these issues or expectations really started with black people but they were pushed onto black people nonetheless. Um, so it's, it's interesting to consider that imagination, the white imagination has created some of these constructs, but it is now being upheld both by white people, systems of power, systems of society, and by black people themselves. Um, people are using the things that were taught to them, the things that were forced onto them, and then continuing to teach and force them onto their children, their friends, their neighbors, themselves. Um, and even though blackness in the white imagination has nothing to do with black people, the common black sense of self is always forced through a white lens um, because it has to be. It has to be for the sake of survival. This is where the concept of double consciousness comes in because it is not that black people have decided, oh wow, white people are totally right about what black people are like, I should also believe it. But instead they have decided that in order to operate within a white system, they have to at least be able to see what that white system is seeing. However, it turns out whenever you see something a certain way, whenever you learn to look at things through a particular lens, sometimes you end up believing them whether you'd like to or not.
and this can be said for other sorts of isms and issues. Um, and that just, again, leads back to isolation, leads back to devaluation of the black body, of the black self, of black masculinity, whatever that even is, because it is simply a concept and it is not a concept that is exclusive to black men. Um, black women uphold parts of black masculinity, masculinity in general. Black women perform black masculinity often, especially black queer women, um, often as a form of liberation but this can also mean that they perform toxic black masculinity, um, either because that is how they were taught masculinity is, or as a means to try and regain some of the control that had been taken from them. So ultimately, some of the main underlying themes we've seen here are isolation, control, and trauma. Um, and any system that hinges on isolation, that hinges on control, that hinges on trauma, that hinges on force and violence, clearly should not be upheld and clearly is not to be trusted. It is not there. The concept of black masculinity is not there to serve black men. It is not there to serve black people. And it is not there to serve anybody besides those who benefit from, the, from controlling the black body, from controlling black expression and from controlling black community. So it's important to remember that. Um, and that concludes my response to my response and building on off of the YouTube video, uh, Black Masculinity in America by Yolo Akili Robinson.